0: Connection Through Conversation Join self-described conversationalist Stacey Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational and always entertaining on Stacy Connects
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stacy Connects. I'm your host, Stacey Heller. I am joined today by Mike Edwards and Mike in his email signature has like Disney has triple threats. Well, he's like a like, I don't know, a like what's a what's a five or six threat like a.
0: Quadruple threat? Yeah,
1: he's a quadruple sure, threat. Let's go with that. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, Disney stars have nothing on you. Uh, you know, you are an executive coach, you are a podcaster, you've got a uh you're a co-host on a podcast, you do blogging. Uh really, like, what don't you do? You've written a book. Um uh-huh. so anyway, we'll be chatting more about that. And uh Mike is part of the group that I have mentioned a couple times that Uh, Taryn Laxo introduced me to this cohort of leadership and executive coaches, and the timing is not coincidental in a universe-knows-what-it's-doing way, in that uh, spring feels like the perfect time, as I said last week, to get your ducks in order and to really start figuring out what you want and planting seeds for who you want to be and what you want to do. So I'm excited to chat with you, And I just want to remind people that if you have a story or an idea or an elephant, air quotes around elephant, that you want me to meet or talk about, reach out to me. You can call 475 999 2726, or you can also text that number and connect with me. Tell me about a story. Tell me about something that you do. I would love to meet you if you're in, like, the roller derby or if you're, I don't know, part of, like, the circus. I don't know why I'm going with Totally Bizarre. If you build underground bunkers, there you go. Um, You know, I just, the more you know. I feel like a PSA. Um, I also want to remind people that if you want to call into the show live, you can call 425-373-5527. And uh, speaking of loving the show, you can subscribe, comment, and share it, Uh, have the info sent directly to you, and the info about my other show that I do with Eric called Don't Ask Me to Talk on Kixie 880, right? That's right. I mean, don't you want more of us? You get to talk like a little bit more. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's enough out of you, Eric. (laughs) So you can text uh, 55678, text D-A-M-T-T to that number. Okay. So, hi, Mom. Mom, I mentioned last week, is in Minnesota. And uh, she missed last week's show. So I'll tell you what trumps me. A new great-grandchild, which is fair. I mean, like, he's adorable and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So she missed the show last week, and uh, the poor thing, I think, is going to need a vacation after spending a couple of weeks.
0: Well, that's what the podcast is for, by the way.
1: Right. Exactly. You
0: know, especially if you're traveling. You download a bunch of those, get caught up.
1: Right. I can put you to sleep.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're on a plane, hopefully that works. If you're driving, <laughs> then no, it
1: that's enlivens
0: true. The, It enlivens the environment.
1: Right. Exactly. Thank you. It's not like I'm droning on. I'm just saying it's, you know, I don't know. It's it's something good to it's listen to. It's like having to. a traveling companion. Oh, I like that. You have a much better way with words than I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so hello, Mom. Hello, Jay, Mary, Katie, Ryan, Wyatt, Ford, and anyone else that's maybe listening. Maybe the ladies, um, the other ladies of the GLAP are listening. Who knows? Uh, okay. Okay. I have been keeping you all apprised of my kidney journey, so I got my blood test done. By the way, a lot of blood comes out of a blood draw.
0: It does.
1: Thank you. What's the
0: deal with that? Right? (laughs) They need just like a drop to put on uh, a little glass uh, thing to go under a microscope, essentially. Uh, uh but they always take enough like feeding a family of vampires in the back. Right? I, I've never understood that.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's why we don't have vampires because they're like, <laughs> right. we need the one drop for the test and Just then anybody we need the other. I, I mean, I, first of all, I have veins that are really tricky to get at in the past, like when I've gone through pregnancies and stuff, like they've had to take blood out of my hands and like with pediatric little needles and stuff because my, my veins are... Um, so light and covered by, we'll call it muscle (laughs) and, um, so, so much blood. I made the mistake of looking at it and I was like, oh, oh, so (laughs) did that. And the interesting, did they give
0: you a cookie afterwards at least?
1: No, but I was at Safeway. So like I could buy my own cookie. So you got the cookie. Yeah, kind of. Um, so here's the interesting thing. The results go to UC Davis because that is who is in charge of Odin's uh, kidney situation, which, by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then go back and listen to the episode of this show on the podcast that is called You Complete Me. Uh, Because it is National Donate Life Month in April, we featured an episode with Odin's mom and sister talking about his need for a kidney And uh, live donors are hard to come by because there's a lot of uh, myth and misinformation. So my friend Margaret was also on the show and she talked about her experience being a living donor. So, so inspired was I. I went and I made it to round one and two. I'm a little worried about round three, though, because as the tests have been coming in, naturally, I open them thinking like that I'm going to know like, you know, A, B, A plus, B minus, whatever. No, that's not how they read. And... There's a whole bunch of chess where it's like flag, 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 and I'm like, flags seem bad. Like in sports, like when you throw up a flag, that seems bad. Um, so I'm a little worried. I'm here's here's my reframing of this.
0: I'm sure if you weren't healthy, they'd get in touch right away and say, hey. Uh- you should know that. Right,
1: you're on death's door. You're
0: on death's <laughs> door, yeah. You've got leprosy, sorry.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, my skin would be falling off of But it may just case. mean that
0: for whatever the liver, <laughs> not the liver, I keep focusing the liver. I know, I, did, I do too, but because I talk kidney, about drinking a lot. The kidney, uh, you know, donation thing may have to have a number of particular blood. Right. Scenario. Exactly. So let's put it
1: exactly. Well, and I think so. this is, again, this is not about me. This is about him. Yes, exactly. So the flags don't necessarily mean that I'm at death's door. It just right. means that I may not be, you know, it may not be an ideal situation. And I'm weirdly disappointed if that's the case, because I kind of had it in my head like you get a kidney and you get a kidney. I was feeling very Oprah. And So I decided to reframe it earlier today that, okay, so maybe I'm not going to save two lives, my own and Odin's, if it doesn't work out. But perhaps I have a second chance at saving my own life and then treating my body with the care that it deserves. There you go. So how's that? I think that's
0: important regardless of the outcome here.
1: Right. So to celebrate, I had a cookie.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> you need that cookie after you have their blood drawn. Exactly. Otherwise you just walk around woozy for a couple hours.
1: Totally. Uh so I had that realization about saving my own life and someone else's during a session that I had with this woman. Uh her name is Kathy Lewis and she does energy work. And when I went into my session, I said to her, I have, you know, she did the usual perfunctory like how are you feeling blah blah blah. And I said, I'm good. I have a little headache and i said i feel like there's all of this energy built up in my head it's like i have an energy pimple and <laughs> it needs to be popped <laughs> extracted and she's like wow that's that's quite the the visual and throughout the session you know it's bad when she spends an hour and 35 minutes trying to fortify your kind of your energy levels and whatever and she's like Yeah, you need to take a couple days off. You're kind of a mess. So that was cool. I mean, who doesn't want to hear that?
0: Uh, (laughs) Who who doesn't want to hear they're a
1: mess? (laughs) (laughs) She was like much nicer about it. I'm totally paraphrasing. (laughs) Because you know that if it were me, I would have been like, girl, you're a mess. (laughs) Right?
0: And when you pop that energy pimple, what comes out? Like Red Bull?
1: (laughs) Diet Coke and gin. (laughs) Which is why... My my blood and all my other tests might not be great. That's all
0: getting flagged.
1: Right. See, all of this This is- This
0: blood is 60% Diet Coke.
1: Right. (laughs) It's all making so much sense now. Um, So I'm heading to our lake house. She probably
0: needs an extra kidney just to filter out some of this. (laughs) (laughs) She can't give one.
1: Exactly. She needs one. Exactly. Like, I just landed on the list myself. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, we're headed to Veranda Beach, and I am going to have kind of like an out of office mode and see if I can re energize somehow, um, which is good. I think, you know, go That's back important. to nature. Yeah. So, with that, uh, the Staceyism that I have, and this is, I really, really, really love this quote. I found it years and years and years ago. Uh, I used to read a lot of Edith Wharton. I know that sounds weird when I was in high school. And uh, this quote is from her. She says, there are two ways of spreading light, to be the candle or the mirror that reflects it. And with this depletion of energy and this idea that, you know, being a living donor or whatever whatever it is, it reminds me that you can... Spread light by being the candle. However, you're eventually going to run out of wick, and then you're gone. Or you can be that mirror that reflects it, and there's even more light. And so it's a good reminder to myself that I don't have to burn the candle at both ends. I don't have to burn the candle at one end. I just need to be a steady light, and I need to reflect that for everyone else and they need to do the same. So maybe you can't be, or don't want to be a kidney donor. However, you can share the episode and maybe somebody else will. Or you don't have to solve all of the world's problems. However, maybe just putting good energy out there and holding the door open for someone, uh, that's a way of spreading light. So that is my stasiism. So remember, don't be the candle, be the mirror that reflects it. Okay. So, with that, I have babbled like a brook long enough. So, let's take a quick break. And then, when we come back, we are going to chat with Mike Edwards. Remember, he is an executive coach and an author. We're going to learn some things. So, keep listening to Stacey Connects. We'll be right back.
0: Looking to reconnect with your partner, spouse, kids, or self? When the disconnect seemingly has been there for a lifetime and is impacting your relationships, it's difficult to determine how and where to start. But at the root with Greg Kuyper of Kuiper Counseling is the perfect first step. Throughout each episode, Greg talks about establishing emotional connection with ourselves and others. He offers experience, advice, explanation, and resources to listeners. You can find past episodes on his website, KuiperCounseling.com, or through his YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuiper.
1: Stacy Connects. It's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture, or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then, I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to StacyConnects.com to connect with me and your messaging.
2: Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul.
1: Welcome back to Stacy Connects. I am... Sitting here about to chat with Mike Edwards. And as I say often, I do no pre interview. I just sort of dive into the deep end of the pool and, you know, figure that I'll come up for air <laughs> and it'll all be fine. Um, but I do typically go to my guest websites and whatever it is that when I do that cursory glance sticks out. That's the thing that I'll type into my notes, which I'll have to take a picture sometime of my notes because listeners would be surprised at how skeletal they are. Uh, However, the ADHD mind, if you have just a few words, it's like a waterfall of information can come from that. So the thing that stood out on your website, Mike, is there's a line on there that talks about how you believe everything in your life is something that you create, choose, or attract. Yes. So tell me, tell me more.
2: Yeah. So, um, I, I guess as a starting point, I was listening to last week's episode with Melissa, Mm -hmm. um, who I know, and, uh, you were talking about leadership and it's like, you have the string of leadership things happening. And so when it comes to what do you create, choosing and attracting, like there's a leadership element to it, but like, what is leadership? Right. I spend a lot of time in this space and, you know, we, we create models and constructs and people like me write books and write on leadership. But what is it? It's, it's you know, that you choose to do something, you choose to create something in this world to have an impact, to make a difference, to move things from where they are to where, you know, something better mm-hmm. and um, people follow. So, great example, you know, in, in your dialogue coming into this show in the first 15 minutes, you're talking about the kidney. Right. Right. You're choosing to make a difference there. Right. You're choosing to respond to what's going on in this situation. Right. 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 That, that's leadership. Right. that choosing to respond to something that's going on in their world.
1: Yeah. No, I didn't even think about that. And uh, with my reframing, even if I'm not able to help Odin or somebody else, then then recognizing that I can take better care of myself um, yes. is, I guess, a form of leadership and modeling so that others maybe follow that example.
2: Right. Absolutely. Like that's um, self-leadership, if you will, right? Is is doing what's right for me, what's gonna keep me healthy and moving forward, right? While at the same time, you're dealing with uh, the kidney thing, right. right? You're choosing to do something about it. But just because somebody um, wouldn't choose to do something about the kidney thing, does that mean they're not a leader? Right. No.
1: <laughs> I mean, who can say, right? There may be uh leading something else.
2: Yes, absolutely. And and we can become so overwhelmed by the issues going on in the world right now. You know, whether it's you know, the war, the pandemic, um here here in Canada, I'm up in Canada, you know, we had that truck convoy that happened, like like there's leadership happening all over the place. Right. And if we try to respond to everything that's going on, we become overwhelmed.
1: Yeah. So that it's was, a matter of choosing. That was the other thing that struck me about your website uh, was the, like, the overwhelm. And that we get overwhelmed by the overwhelm. And then it's basically we go into, like, fight flight or freeze mode right yes
2: yes yeah Yeah. and and then we don't do anything right Right. except
1: like tread water or do what i like to do which is sit in the corner of my my sectional in my living room and like just sort of like shore up like okay
2: (laughs) exactly exactly or in some cases people go to coping mechanisms Right. right. Whether it's alcohol or drugs or you know, whatever, take your pick.
1: Right. Sure. Shopping. Not that I know that one. Shopping.
2: Yeah, you're <laughs> you're right though. Like like, you know, I went to two kind of harsh coping mechanisms, but everybody has different coping mechanisms. And we go though go there to escape the overwhelm that right. we're experiencing.
1: Now, with the leadership piece, so as you're talking about all of these different things that are happening in the world between, you know. Uh, as you say, there's war and a pandemic and, you know, inflation and systemic racism and, you know, sexuality. And, and I don't know, um, yeah,
2: the right? list well. like the
1: Kardashians, <laughs> um, you know, anything. And so with everybody having the ability to activate leadership, then there's the issue or is it an issue of using your power for good and not evil? So where does that come into play? Because that's something that I I always – people think I'm joking, but I'm 100% telling the truth. I am an excellent liar, and I can use my power for evil, to manipulate situations, to manipulate people, whatever. And I choose not to, right? I choose to yeah. – like I say all the time, I'm using my power for good and not evil. And – One of my kids, Charlie, he's also an excellent liar. I mean, doesn't even bat an eye. And so having him step into, there's a power there about persuasion and leadership and being able to get people to uh, rally around and listen to what you have to say, right? There's a certain power that comes with that. And so then using it for good is so important.
2: Absolutely. So here's the first thing I would say in terms of your superpower, your ability to lie. Um, like congratulations, you're human. Thank all you. of us can. We all have that capacity. And and here's the thing, when we bump into problems, right, like whatever it is, we start to feel anxious. Like I use anxious in kind of a generic sense, mm-hmm. right? It, it it rubs us the wrong way. It's um, you know, against, you know, what we believe, or we know what's wrong, whatever it is, but we're anxious about it, and we don't want to confront it. And, and so the lying part of it comes from a place of you're evaluating it, and you're looking to cope with that discomfort. And, and so you go into a lying kind of mode, because it's somebody else, it's not my problem. Right. Or you make an excuse, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. But you go into that kind of coping state as opposed to confronting what's really there, no matter how harsh that truth would be. So I like to hear you know, you prefer to use your powers for good, not evil per se. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I love that. It's like a superhero <laughs> thing or something.
1: Well, I mean, it kind of is, right? It's like the villain origin story. And, yes. you know, if you. If you have a narrative when things aren't going well, so let's use this example that you're giving. I'll use myself. I throw myself under the bus all the time. So along with my ADHD comes a uh, and a tendency to procrastinate. So let's say I'm working with a client and I say that I'm going to get them some content. And it's really easy for me to, you know, I don't focus, I don't focus, I don't focus. I've done it in my head because that's how it works, but I haven't put it down on paper per se and send it to them so I can come up with this lie of oh hey this has happened or that's happened or whatever it is and I try really really hard to not do that and to step into the space and say hey I haven't done it this is what's going on and I've also learned to kind of invite people behind the curtain um kind of like with Oz, right? So instead of people being surprised that it's like really just little old me behind there, I invite them in from the beginning so that they know like, yes. by the way, like buyer beware. And so that way I'm taking away the negative uh, narrative and the shame. Whereas let's say I didn't do that and I lied, I feel like then that would start to increase my energy. Then my my conversation with myself would be super negative and then it becomes that villain origin story that I'm talking about where it's like, ah, you know, I can't do that. I can't do that. Woe is me. It's a shame. I'm brilliant. <laughs> I'm going to take over the world <laughs> um, and blaming other people.
2: Yes. So something I use in my work a lot and, uh, is something called the responsibility process. And what the responsibility process talks about or or defines for us in a very simple way is when we humans bump into problems, how are we wired? It doesn't matter who you are, where you live, how old you are, it's it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, And the first place we land when we bump into a problem is blame. We lay blame, we point the finger at somebody. And if they don't change, I've got a problem. Right. Right. The problem can't go away. I'm powerless to change it. When we see that, right, when we confront that, because what that's what you're talking about, you confront, you know, regardless if you're blaming, or, or there's only a few steps here. Um, but regardless of which step you're in, you're confronting right what's going on for you to see what's true. When I can see that, oh wait, I'm blaming. I can move off it. And the place we go is a place called justify. We make an excuse. Mm -hmm. We blame a circumstance, if you will. Right. Um, Again, when I can see it, I can move off it. The next place we go is shame. Now I'm blaming me as opposed to someone else. Right. When I can see that, I can move off it. I go to obligation. In obligation, I have to, don't want to. Right. trapped and then finally when i can see my way through all of these things i can move above the line and i can go to this place called responsibility which goes back to what how how you open this conversation about create choosing and attracting because when i can see that i create choose and attract everything in my life i can take responsibility for how i'm going to respond to it
1: yep interesting
2: yeah so so it's a wiring kind of thing and there's some coping things there too but if we're not in responsibility we're in one of those other places Mm -hmm. it's actually fairly overwhelming right because you're coping you're fighting it
1: right uh there is a a show that i am a uh podcast um co-host of it's called at the root with greg kuiper it's actually um here on kknw and He talks a lot about uh, the neural pathways that we create and we're on autopilot and he talks about this concept that you're talking about that we you know, whatever it is that's happened in, you know, to us uh, either on purpose or, you know, it could be something that somebody did inadvertently, right? And so then we create this autopilot of how we cope and they can be, you know, slight or they can be major And they create these pathways. And so it's like he talks about how we can change those pathways of our autopilot, but we need to really get into this aware place and start becoming aware of that so that we can have a different intention, because with the different intention, there's then potentially a different pathway. So it sounds similar to what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of work that's very similar and even crosses into things like religion and Like there's a lot of domains that have very similar attributes, very similar ways of thinking. And I would agree. It sounds very similar. Mm
1: -hmm. It's, you know, again, like it's the universe telling me something. (laughs) When multiple people are telling me something, I'm like, okay, all right, I hear you. I need to, you know, change some pathways in my brain and get out of autopilot and start, uh, as you say, start uh, attracting um, what I want. Because whatever I put out there, um, even if it's something that I don't want, it's kind of the idea of, um, okay, I always use analogies. My driving instructor, who was trash, by the way, when I was like 16, uh, we got a flat tire like on my first driving lesson. But
2: Oh, man. <laughs> right.
1: That's here nor there. Um, the The one valuable thing that she taught me is that when you're driving, if there's something in the middle of the road or there's an accident or whatever it is, if you if you stare at that fixed point, you're going to steer towards it. Correct. And that, of course, yeah, it relates to driving, but it relates to everything in life. So the idea of attracting or creating or choosing, sometimes by focusing on the negative, you're attracting it because that's what you're steering towards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I... I always figure, you know, even with this kidney thing, for instance, I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? And, you know, the woman that was doing like the initial sanity check was like, well, you could die. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I could. That's going to happen anyway, though. And, you know, I'm I just have this attitude of like, why wouldn't it all work out? It's fine.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, you know, uh, so that whole idea of of creating that so with your book that you have uh activate your leadership tell me a little bit about that
2: yeah so the book really um has four parts to it and it's it's a very practical kind of guide like there's reflective kind of things in it and such um yeah. but it it takes people through the idea of you know this idea of leadership and what is it mm-hmm Right. And, and the book actually starts uh, with a story, a personal story, and it talks about a mentor of mine mm-hmm. where I showed up to a year-long leadership program. There was like four retreats and all kinds of other stuff involved. But I showed up to the very first retreat and one of the leaders of this program had IPF, which is idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Basically, his lungs were going fib- um turning into fiber and oh and yeah like he was gonna die like oh. we're all gonna die right. but he knew the pathology and the time horizon for when he was gonna die and and yet he chose to show up and have an impact by being there right being a part of this program right uh, by leading this program by creating more leaders in the world and and um so the book, you know, kind of starts from that place. And it says, so, like, what is the leadership? Like, Like, who could have blamed him for saying, no, I'm just going to stay home with my husband and enjoy what time I have.
1: Right. Like,
2: And yet he chose to come out and have an impact. Right. In the world. And and so how do you do that? The four, four parts to this that I take people through is, at its foundation, I say, you need to know what's important to you. Right. Like, what are your values? How do you behave? Why do you behave the way you do? Right. Right. Let's go to the responsibility process. We all get stuck in places. Um, And just because of our upbringing and our experiences, why do we do that? And so when you can understand those things, not right or wrong, but we can understand that. We can understand, like, why do I do what I do? from there it's um uh the the next step of it is creating safety Mm -hmm. safety Mm -hmm. for self right and i actually used a picture um uh from the calgary tower um right they have one of those glass floors in the tower yeah and and i took this picture of the glass with my foot and and I'm not afraid of heights, but I was going, I'm not stepping on there. And it took me.
1: (laughs) I did the same thing actually with um, our family. When we went to the Grand Canyon, we went to that, the glass like bridge or whatever it is. And you're like, oh, I mean, you have this real sense of like, A, how big or tall something is, right? And how small you are in relation to it. And it's like the trust game. You're like, OK, I'm just going to put my faith in the fact that this thing is going to keep me from falling to my death.
2: Right. And and we can rationalize that. And at the same time, some other part of her brain, the amygdala, hijacks you and goes, nope, don't go on there. Don't do it. Don't do you it. Know? Right. Right. And if we don't understand how we respond to those types of events, even simple ones, um, walking across a really busy road right right like that's relatively simple in today's world but but if if you're not aware of that safety you could be careless Mm -hmm. or frozen
1: yeah that's true From
2: there the the third kind of part of this is understanding what motivates you and and here's the thing um You know, a lot of times in the corporate world, they talk about being people being motivated or not motivated. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, motivation by definition is your reason to do something. So we're always motivated. The question is, what's motivating?
1: Right. Is it the uh is it the paycheck? Is it the, you know, the sense of accomplishment. I, you know, I sometimes think about, uh, this is a random thing to think about, but I'll think about businesses, and I thought about this during the pandemic a lot, these businesses that were essentially run by kids, right? You know, keeping uh, these little shops alive and, you you know, the bagel place at the mall or whatever it is. And this business is in the hands of these young people and what motivates them to go in and do what they're supposed to do. And I just think, wow, isn't that an interesting thing that like people show up and it feels like that's what a bit like what you're talking about there.
2: Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And if they show up and they don't do anything or they don't do enough for how often do we say they're not motivated? Like how many times do you read how, um gen x or millennials are lazy and unmotivated
1: right well by the way they're completely disinterested in doing it the way that we've done it because they're like you know my son charlie says all the time i'm not interested in being google employee number like five million and two and you know i'm like all right that's fair Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so then what happens is you immediately fill in everything between that statement with, you know, like, well, you're not living in my basement and you got to get a job and, you know, all these kinds of things and not filling in any of the other that that doesn't mean he doesn't want to work or that he doesn't have an interest in something. Correct. It just means that what motivates him is not the same thing that motivated me my husband our parents and by the way that safety and that guaranteed gold watch at the end of 50 years there's no more safety net for those kids
2: there isn't and they know that too Mm -hmm. and so when you go from that motivation you can go back down those steps i've talking about and like their values like what makes them if if we're all leaders they're all leaders what what drives them what causes them to do what they do It's their values, it's their beliefs, principles, and it's been formed from the moment they were born. Same for you and me.
1: Yep. Interesting.
2: So so the last part about this is action. In other words, you know, leader leadership without action is nothing like, you know, pick a leader, a famous leader, um, Martin Luther King, or, or, you know, pick someone.
1: Right. Right. Uh, Kim Kardashian. Like, I don't know why I've got Kardashian on my head, but like, she's a leader. Yes. Right? Like, she's got tons of people wearing really bad bike shorts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you and I may not agree with the the outcomes and the style of leadership and whatever, but it's still leadership. Right. Through the action she takes. And, and the, the chapter on leadership starts with um, the statement, if you take nothing else from this book, take this. Stop doing dumb things. Yeah. How many times do we see people, I see a lot in the corporate world, where people believe they have no choice, obligation, and they keep doing things that don't make sense.
1: Right, right. Just and when done. I ask them, they know it. Right. Yeah. I, yes. I'm thinking about when I went to uh, had my have my blood drawn and the woman was like, well, is there anybody in the room? I'm like, I don't know. There was a keypad on the door, which a keypad on the door means that the door is locked. So I didn't try it. And by the way, the door was totally open. And yet, like the fact that I didn't open this door, right, and figure it out and, you know, and that it's the whole being brought up that like a keypad indicates locked, locked door means you don't go in. And, you know, so I'm using that dumb example, but it's what you're talking about here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We make stuff up. We make up assumptions based on some past belief. And if somebody came along and said, stacy why aren't you in the room? Well, because there's a keypad there. Justify. It's an excuse.
1: Right. Right.
2: Right. Even though, how could you know otherwise, short of going over and jiggling the handle or pushing on the door?
1: Right. Totally. Well, and I also tend to be a little literal, because apparently when I was little and I was getting sick in bed. My mom said, next time you need to go get sick, go to the bathroom. And so I went into the bathroom and I sat on the toilet and threw up on the floor. (laughs) So so not all of us are the brightest stars in the galaxy. (laughs) Um, All right. On that note, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will chat some more with Mike Edwards about uh, what he does and what executive leadership looks like and means. We'll be right back with more Stacey Kinnicks.
0: Stacey Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolfe, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Doctor Ruth, Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects—it's her superpower. Conversation you won't find on the rest
2: of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Welcome back to Stacey Connects. I am Stacey Heller and I am chatting with Mike Edwards and we are talking about leadership. And as I mentioned Uh, Mike wrote a book called Activate Your Leadership. He just talked before the break about the four different sections of the book. Um, I mentioned that you are also a co-host on a podcast, which obviously I have an affinity. Remember, folks, if you like this podcast, you can text D-A-M-T-T to 55678. Um, I love the name of your podcast. It's called Open Door Podcast. And I love this because the whole idea of an open door policy and that you are it's supposed to be like an open door for dialogue, for discourse, for creativity, uh, collaboration, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so whoever named it, kudos. That was
2: brilliant. I will pass that along. I wish it was me. Um, when I heard it, I was with you. It was like, ooh, that's it. That's the right name right there.
1: Yeah, it's great. So what do you talk about on this podcast?
2: So the podcast rose out of a discussion. Um and the podcast only started last year, and it rose out of a discussion about power and privilege. Mm. And, and power and privilege takes many different perspectives. Um, like we we just started recording a series where we get into some pretty heavy topics like imperialism, uh, white privilege. Um Ugh, capitalism and um, patriarchy. Wow. And, right, like pretty heavy topics. But t- take white privilege, for example, because it's probably the heaviest of those words. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're, You know, as much as things like, you know, Black Lives Matter and, you know, take whatever movement, as much as they're important, that's not the place we're going. We're going to the unconscious part of it. Right, right. Right. So, as a person of color, do I look at a C-suite in a company who's all white males, or maybe just white, or predominantly, and, and if I'm a person of color. Do I believe I can be there? Right. Right. Because you know, I've I've been re- raised um, in a world that that's dominated with the kind of white color. Right. Right. Extended to capitalism, in a capital um, capitalism system, uh, decisions are made around profit and money and growth Mm -hmm. and those things, and in in many cases are done at all costs. Right, that's the power part of it.
1: Right. Right.
2: We have to have shareholder return over um, uh, giving our employees. A living wage right. or more money or right. whatever, right. like really heavy topics in that case. But it's also even more simple than that. Like this whole podcast, it even comes down to um inside of a company, regardless of race or gender or whatever the physical attributes are, how many times do managers hold power by position? Right? right. And and so there's an automatic power dynamic that starts to happen there because I can hire you, I can fire you, you get a raise because I say you do, right? Like this, and and so how many how many times are employees holding back because of that power dynamic?
1: Sure, like super right? conscious of. I mean, here's a perfect example with the pandemic, right? Um. There are some offices that, you know, people could come back a couple days. Now, if your manager was going in the office, did you feel some unspoken pressure to have, like, this, let me go in so that my manager sees that I'm coming in? And is that somehow more valuable than not coming in? And having to make those those decisions that, you know, you're subconsciously, like, you feel like you're – navigating a minefield, right? Like, what's going to look better? You know, what should I do? What should I not do? Um, yes. So, yeah, that's an interesting thing.
2: Yeah, and even I'd extend what you're saying, there's a lot of people talking about, um, they're calling it, it's a proximity bias in which if I'm not coming in, will I be considered for raises, promotions, advancements, opportunities of any kind? Right. Right. Because I'm one of the 40%, or whatever the stat is, the 40% who wants to be at home all the time.
1: It's funny you say this. Um, I was watching a movie last night with Nick Kroll and I think it's Rose McGowan called, like, Beginning Adults or something. I never heard of the movie. It's old. um, And by old, I mean, like, 2017 or something. Um, And... It doesn't matter the premise, but there's a scene where the Nick Kroll character has gone back to work after taking some time off. And, you know, like he's building up uh, his kind of self-worth professionally back in a traditional office. And he gets a call. He gets butt dialed by his sister and his nephew is going to be jumping in the pool. And there's a whole backstory around that. And... He has this moment, like, I need to go and I need to see this. This is a big deal. And he says to the group assembled and work, you know, I got to go, family emergency. And his manager comes over to him and says, "Okay, are you going to be that guy? And he's like, what do you mean? He said, well, if you go, I'm not going to fire you. However, if you're going to be that guy that responds to your family then just know that your opportunities for advancement are limited right and he like said it out loud and in a way i was like wow that's horrible but like also how refreshing to have somebody actually just say it out loud and you know the character ended up saying like okay well great i'll be back tomorrow and you know (laughs) off he went and um you know what a powerful thing to not have. Then your work define you in that way, which then comes around to your whole leadership uh, and executive coaching. I would imagine.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Because it's the the leaders and the companies that that um, learn this lesson and can see it. Whether it's people choosing to work from home or that kind of example, it's a beautiful example, right? Of power and privilege over. Um, Uh, It's the companies that figure those things out will be the successful ones in the future. Because here's the thing, the the current working generation, which is younger than me, right? It's the Gen Xs and the Millennials and and so on. If they can't get what they want, where they are, their values say, well, move on. Look after, Not, not in a selfish way, but... Look after yourself.
1: Right. Well, it's it's what you're told on an airplane. That again, another one of those places where I've gotten a life lesson. Right. (laughs) Put on your own oxygen mask first before you can assist others.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's that kind of thing that in in this open door podcast where we like nobody's talking about this stuff because they're heavy. They're scary. They're like, can I talk about these things? becomes the question. And we're going, if you don't talk about it, how are you going to deal with it?
1: Right. And how are we going to move through it? And how are we going to, you know, affect change? And, you know, and it's, it's interesting, like the, as you say, the the self-care and making decisions that work and the generation of kids that are doing that, the response that so many of us have is like, where's the loyalty, where's the, this, where's the, that. And, you know, to that, I say, yeah, how's it going? Putting yourself last. You know, what resentments do you have? What upsets? What opportunities did you miss? What regrets do you have? You know, and it it's not about, you know, kindness or about, you know, having being a positive force. It's just that recognizing that taking care of yourself first and doing what I like to say is what makes your tail wag, um, that that is... The thing that you should be doing
2: absolutely you made me think of a good friend of mine um, gave me some wisdom now he died a couple years ago from a heart attack but he gave me this wisdom oh years ago which was nobody ever put on their gravestone i should have worked harder
1: right right no matter
2: okay. what generation it is
1: right, right. that's for sure so How do you work with people? Do you work with individuals that are identified as leaders in a corporation? Do you work with leaders from a corporation? Uh, Tell me how that works.
2: My ideal scenario, I work in many different ways. My ideal scenario is I get brought in to work with the whole team, the whole executive team. And and then we start cascading down through the organization because there's two things going on. One, they're individual leadership, and secondly, the team dynamic that's um, there. Because because a lot of organiz- organizations set executives up with competing goals. Yes. And and that tears apart the teamwork. So that's the first thing is we often can't change the goals, but we can make them a team. And and so I work with him individually and as a team.
1: I love that. Um, I was teasing Pete uh, on last week's show. You listened to it. So you heard me talking about my husband, Pete. And he, when I listen to these conversations and he's getting to know some of the people that he's now working with, and I hear him using the phrase, you know, I really want to create a flat organization. And that he really doesn't want there to be A hierarchy and that he wants it to be collaborative and that, you know, as he said, I'm going to have some responsibilities that I'm going to need to, you know, speak to. However, I have no problem with, you know, when we figure out our goals, we need to get aligned and then work collectively towards them. So.
2: Yeah, that can be a real challenge. So. there there was this whole swing um, in business to flatten organizations. And we actually discovered um, that if you make it too flat, you, you, you start bumping into problems because of the lack of hierarchy.
1: Right. Well, it's, I would imagine that it's a delicate balance, right? On the one hand, you don't want there to be the levels of, uh, red tape that's, like, basically descending into, like, the seven rings of hell, right? Um, And yet, you also need sort of somebody to model, to follow, to sort of feel like there's somebody in charge, we're working towards a collective thing, Uh, so there does, I think, need to be some sense of, uh, like, hierarchy isn't the right word, but it's the only word I can think of. Um, It's
2: teaming. Yeah. It's 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 actually teaming is what's happening.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and that just makes sense. And that by the way, collectively we may all have the same goal, but within those goals, breaking them down and, you know, who can contribute to this part of that goal? And by the way, you can contribute to that part of the goal. So interesting. Okay. So you like working with uh, the whole team. That totally makes sense because then you can figure out what the goal is, and uh, I love that you then can work with getting everybody on the same page with the same language and yes. then also recognizing that individuals can be leaders. And it doesn't matter if you are you know the the uh, director of first impressions aka you sit at the front desk, yes. you can you are leading that piece, and that is absolutely a leadership position.
2: Absolutely it is. In, in the impact, you know, great example. The director of first impression is the first person people see mm-hmm. and can make the difference in what happens next.
1: I was a director of first impressions for Macmillan Publishing in Greenwich, Connecticut. Awesome. I, uh-huh, I took a temp job and they loved me and they ended up giving me like full-time temp work. And, you know, I would sit there and with my diet coke and a glass and meanwhile you know you'd go back i'd go back to all the other officers like you know head of risk and the, this person and that person and they're all drinking out of their soda can and whatever and i would just sort of sit there like oh hello <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you know i
1: was like that's right i'm essentially an executive at this company i am you know i'm the first person that anybody's gonna see and yes. there is a certain power to that so anyway it's about using the power for good not evil right
2: Exactly. And sharing in the ownership and the responsibility of what happens every single day.
1: Right. And by the way, when you do that, it creates opportunity as that role created lots of opportunity. Uh, yes. So, you know, activating your leadership creates opportunity. Absolutely. OK. If people want to know more about you and know more about what you have to offer, how can they get in touch with you?
2: Um, they could go to LinkedIn. Um and the other place is my website, leading for leadingforforchange.ca. Um, there's contact page here. And I actually, if you, if you sign up for my newsletter, um, you, you'll get, um, I have a document there, um, the how-to guide for having an impact in the world. So talking about taking responsibility, create, creating, choosing, and attracting. That's what I'm talking about. How do we have an impact to make something better?
1: Love it. So love it. It totally is aligned with my goal. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Mike. I so enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Eric, of course. Next week's guest is Lisa Dare. Dare I say she's someone you might know because I believe she's another executive coach. And stay connected, everyone. Have a great week.